ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the volleyball special for one sport. We have not covered much here on this podcast, other than Mantuak Lincoln, making it to state in the spring season. This episode is long overdue, but first things first, I'm your host, Drew Skyberg today. No Jordan Lorenz, but we have a very exciting guest indeed, not a player, but a legendary head coach. Brett Damro, head coach of the Howard's Grove girls volleyball team is on today to talk some volleyball and about his coaching career. And coach Damro, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's kind of neat, Andrew. I don't know about uh, volleyball legend, but uh, it's, uh, it's great to be here. And I'm excited to uh, learn more about you guys in the podcast and talk a little volleyball. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm really excited as well. But hey, first things first, I got to formally congratulate you on your 500 victory from a couple weeks ago at the Adidas Charger Challenge after you guys beat the Cedar Gro- Cedarburg Bulldogs. So congrats to you, Coach Dameron, on that amazing achievement. It's a lifelong achievement in the making as well. So hats off to you. I appreciate it. I was uh, honestly, I was very surprised about it. I know a couple of years ago, we celebrated the 400th win. Um, I was surprised by that. My daughter came home from Madison and uh, I honestly couldn't remember if it was halfway through the season or towards the end of the season. And last year, I think we only had 23 games with, uh, with COVID. So I, I mean, I, I thought maybe like 450, I didn't even think about it. And all of a sudden this was it, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it really is when it talks about, you know, taking a village, it really does. I mean, I've had so many great uh, players come through, great families, coaches, administration. So it's pretty cool. It's it's neat for the athletes, honestly, in the program. It, re- it really is. And uh, yeah, with that being said, I, let's get started right away. Let's get into some questions. And uh, so first things first. Uh, so like, where are you from? And like, where'd you go to high school? So I graduated actually from Howard Grove High School in 93. Um, played all the sports here, was fortunate enough to, uh, to go to state in basketball. It was the only time that Howard's boys went to state. I was the captain of that team. Um, had some really good coaches through my high school career. Uh, then I went on to play a little bit of mini tour golf down in Florida. Um, and I came back and uh, I got invited to, or not invited, but yeah, kind of asked to go to an open gym for volleyball. And uh, I was like, wow, I kind of like this. And it just started out as that. And then uh, kind of like, I just like to be better at things. So when I started, I just started learning and learning and learning and self-critiquing and a lot of reflection, meditation, and here we are 16 years later. So with that being said, was there any, was there any coaches you looked up to when you started volleyball? Was there someone who you really looked up to on like their philosophies and how they kind of coached the team? There's so many different things. Um, I always say that, you know, none of it's our own. We, we take it, break it up, make it our own. If that's, you know, we steal it from people. There's a lot of people. My first coach, Kevin Brugging, taught me a lot about preparation. Uh, he's now the basketball coach at, at Hoosburg. He talked me a lot about that. Coach Dale Melbrath taught me more about the little things like you don't have to be great at everything. You have to be really good at some things. Um, and in volleyball, um, Chad Schreiber from Lakeland College got me started uh, initially. And then there's a gentleman by the name of Greg Bulwark up in Appleton who is on the uh, mechanical side, biomechanics of volleyball, and uh, really got me into that. And then uh, probably the biggest influencer lately has been a gentleman by the name of Pat Holfacker. His daughter went through stage four uh, cancer at 19 years old. And I was coaching with him at the time. And you really realize how least important or unimportant the actual wins and losses are when you're dealing with that. And honestly, that has now been nine years ago. And I think that's made me the coach I am today, not talking about wins and losses and a lot about what you do on and off the court and combine those together with your heart and your mind. And so, yeah, Pat has been, and he still to this day is one of my assistant coaches up in Appleton. 
that's awesome. That's truly such a great heartwarming story. And um, so for like, for volleyball, um, you mentioned kind of how you, um, you were introduced to it. Like you came back, you said, like, did that. So like, did you end up playing volleyball growing up? Was that something you really, you played? No, I, so I played all the other sports, but we like, you know, like in just in high school and gym class, I liked volleyball. It was fun for me. But then when I got back from playing golf in Florida, I was like, it was fast paced at the, the men's level at that thing. It's just so fast paced and it was unique to me. So I spent just every night in my own apartment, just working on my own mechanics of, of volleyball. And then it just got to be more than just volleyball. It hadn't, you know, the, really the coaching part, it's, 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 I think it's very true. Some people might think it's 50% true, but I think it's, it's really, really important is the actual sport. It doesn't really matter what sport you're coaching or training. It's really about loving the athletes and trying to make them better the best you can and making yourself better. Cause we have a saying, your culture is always live. So that is, that's probably the most important thing to me is like the sport is great. I love the sport because it's very high paced. And um, I mean, you were talking about a sport that you can honestly not score any points and still win by the other team making all the errors. Right. So it's, it's a unique mental challenge sport. Um, but yeah, it's the sport itself kind of, it's so fast paced, but I like the other sides of it. I really do. I like competing. It really isn't. Yeah. Who, who doesn't love competing, but yeah. for, for your college, did you have like college plans after high school or like, what, what was kind of like out of, so let's say Brett Damerill just graduated high school senior. What were the college plans at the time? Well, my, my initial plan was I wanted to go try to play professional golf. You know, all of us, we think we're better than we actually are. <laughs> and uh, so I tried that for a little bit and I wanted to get into secondary education. Um, okay. And then my, my, that's what I wanted to do out of college. That's what I went for secondary education. And then it let led me in a little bit different path. Uh, I started taking over, work, not taking over, working for my father um, in his business. And then all of a sudden I got hired by a chemical company in outside sales. Um, and that kind of helped me grow also, you know, dealing with people for 17 years and then dealing with athletes, it really goes hand in hand. So my plans were to get into secondary education. Okay. And led me down a different plan. Yeah. And then, so you get this volleyball job, then the head coaching job, and you said 16 years ago, correct? Yes, I got hired uh, a, less than a week before the season, oh. uh, 16 years ago. I didn't, what ha- there was just a situation where they were looking for a coach. Um, at that time, I didn't know I had one year of JV or varsity uh, assistant at Sheboygan Lutheran, where I assisted uh, Stu Cron. And um, I enjoyed it. You know, I, d- I didn't know a lot back then. Um, and it, this opportunity came and they, I think they interviewed four people. And uh, that was 16 years ago. And it's just, you know, every year, I mean, I got, we get so much better as a staff every year. I mean, honestly, the difference between last night and this last week and how, how I handled certain things on the bench was a big difference. Um, It's it's a lot of growth, and a lot of learning. Certainly. And that comes with any job, I I think. And um, then, so first game of your coaching career do you remember the result do you remember who you who you played against like yes absolutely I do um you you said that you actually had them on so our first game ever was against Manitowoc Lincoln at the Arrowhead tournament a little division three school my first year coaching um we played Manitowoc Lincoln who at that time I think was a top 10 program and it didn't fare as fair fare so well but uh it taught me a lot and I mean I was just a different person back then I mean, 16 years ago versus now um, in everything I do, I used to, you know, be almost like a transactional coach where everything is about the moment you're in. And now it's such a big picture. It's just so much more about the process. And uh, it's, yeah. So I definitely remember that moment. Like it was yesterday where I stepping on the court with my team, Bryn Sheeler was a setter, senior uh, captain, all conference player. And 
We had a sophomore, Dayton Menning, um, some other athletes. I do remember that very well. And you talk about all conference players. I mean, you guys have been able to produce a lot, a lot of great talent these past few years, especially. And but like even this year, I mean, you guys are still sitting on top the D3 uh, Wisconsin Volleyball Coaches Association girls volleyball state rankings, number one, sitting at 31 and five record for the last poll. So congratulations to you guys on that. And it's, it's, that's been a common theme these past few years. And just how, how has it gone with like, how have you guys been able to replicate such, such success and such like dominance these past few years? Huh. You know, it, it's kind of an interesting story. I think when I, my very first year, I'll never forget. We took fourth in conference. Then we went fourth, third, second, tied for first, first. And then we took first every one except for the last two years out of that period. So it was a building progression. And I really, honestly, there's so many things. I think consistency is probably the number one thing. Um, and it starts with me. You know, I have to make sure how I respond to certain situations um, and making sure that I'm very consistent. Uh, there's a couple of things that I think are really important. One of the biggest things is I talk to our staff about this all the time. Everybody is different, right? Everybody, there's two things. So everybody cares different. Everybody shows how they care differently is I guess the best way to say it. So I have some athletes that you'll think like, wow, they're just not really involved right now. They're engaged. But honestly, they might even care more than I do at the moment, right? If that means, if that's the right way, because I have some people who need to laugh things off. Some are so hard on themselves. So me as a coach over the years, I'm trying to really find out what makes each individual tick. Because just because they don't show they care the way that I show that I care doesn't mean it's right or wrong. And that was the hardest thing to get used to. And then the other thing is that I think is probably the thing that we try to do our best at is every coach sees a different amount, right? Whether like I'm a big person on culture, body language, things like that. So if I'm talking to somebody and they're not holding themselves the right way, the way their eye contact is, their shoulders are back, things like that, maybe their legs are crossed instead of stranding up like they're looking for an interview at the next level. If I let it go when it's something they know I care about, well, then how can they think it's truly meaningful? So I've heard that I see a lot, but I don't care what percentage we see. We just have to hold them accountable for 100% of what we see because you know darn well the, the athletes see it. And then they're, then they're confused. Like one day I care about it. The other day I don't care about it. You know, so we try to stay really, really consistent in our message. That's an awesome. That makes response. sense. Yeah. That's an awesome response coach. I think it really stems from the top, you know, the, how uh, the culture, the coaches and the leaders are setting at the top and just to the captains and then to the rest of the team. I think that's a great way to look at it. And I think, I mean, that's a great way to replicate success and just kind of have that culture in the locker room and for the team. So um, do you, would do you hear a quick side question here? Is there a favorite game that you have or something that just like a game that just will always stick with you? Yeah. I mean, there's so many, <clears throat> excuse me. There are so many, I don't want to leave anybody out, but one of the, uh, matches that just sticks out there is my daughter, Autumn was a senior, you know, five foot six, um, not the biggest leaper, not the most athletic individual, sorry, Autumn, but one of the great leaders, just a great leader. And uh, she, one night she comes home, it's homecoming. And actually today's homecoming also, but it was homecoming and all of a sudden it's like 1030 at night. And I hear some rumbling in the basement. We have a little workout area down there and I hear all this noise. I go down there and she's working out. And I'm like, what's, what's going on? And she's like, well, if I have goals, aspirations, if I'm not willing to put into work, you know, I can't complain in the end. Well, fast forward, this is probably about a month later. We're in the sectional final. And uh, the other team we were facing was ranked, I think, one or two when we were like at five. 
and uh, we had not been to state yet. And this hitter ended up playing at the high D1 level, this other girl on the other side, and Autumn Solo blocks her for a game point. One of those things that you'll never see. I mean, this girl touches 10 foot one, high girl, and the other girl touches nine foot, right? And Autumn gets a solo block on game point to go to the state tournament for the first time. So that will always stick in my mind because you couldn't draw that up. I mean, it's like, I mean, there's no way she gets a solo block on this athlete who is, you know, a foot higher to her, a first team all state player. And uh, she has that solo block. And it was, it was a pretty neat, uh, that team culture of that team was pretty unique. And we've evolved from that. It's truly an incredible moment, Brad. And I'm, Wow, that that's just something you'll you'll <laughs> never forget. Wow. No, especially uh, with being your, you know, yeah. my daughter situation where it's just, you know, and it's funny because I try not. I mean, I just had our superintendent uh, attendant just actually come up to me and say, I didn't know I had a daughter on the team this year, and she's watched a couple matches. She's been to three practices, which is a compliment to me because I, I want to treat everybody the same. And some people say, well, I'm harder on my daughter, meaning they are when they coach, and I'm like, well, that's favoritism also. Because if you're showing them, you know, if you're harder on them, means you care, you know, because you're always trying to make them better. So it's, it was just neat having your own daughter in that situation and the work ethic she put in all season long and to get that block on game right was pretty special. Yeah. And going to your family now. So how many daughters do you have? Um, did they all play volleyball? Let's hear it. Yeah. So I have three children. Um, Autumn is the oldest. She is now in child welfare in Jefferson County uh, near Madison. Um, and she graduated from Minnesota State Mankato. Uh, she played volleyball there. She was a volleyball scholarship. Then she got her graduate degree from University of Wisconsin. Um, and then Sage is 16 years old. Uh, Sage is a junior in our program. Uh, she's been playing volleyball, I think, since she was about three years old, it seems like. Um, she's been in a gym a lot. And she is committed to play at the University of Wisconsin. She's looking forward to that. Um, and then I have uh, my son, Trace. Um, he was like a little mini me. He's just, he loves the outdoors. He loves every sport, plays four or five sports, um, two at a time, a lot of the time. And he's big into hunting and fishing and just being a kid. So, yeah. And then I have a wife, Carrie of 17 years, um, who honestly is the backbone behind all of this because, uh, organizational skills and, and keeping me in check at home is the big thing. How old did you say your son was? My son is 12. Oh, maybe he plays some boys volleyball. Uh, he won't admit it, but he peppers a lot with his sisters and he enjoys it. So I have a feeling when he graduates from high school that he will probably be out there on the beach playing, uh, here and there. So I would not surprise me. Awesome. And yeah, sounds like you, I mean, family is very important as we all know. And, uh, it's great that you have such a loving and supporting family behind you with that. And, um, then, so my other question is, you know, with your, with your last daughter, when she graduates, do you, do you plan to continue coaching? Is that something you, you want to talk about or something you're still like thinking about or just your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's definitely a fluid situation. Um, we've tried to put some plans in place, um, but here's the, I'm starting to learn more and more. Um, this, this is probably, it's, it's so hard. I mean, athletes, Parenting, all this stuff is evolving. It's changing, right? Everything is so different, but I love challenges. Um, I did not start coaching because of my daughters. My daughter was, my oldest daughter was six or seven at the time. Sage was like one. I think Sage was just born the, during one of my first matches. Um, so I didn't know they were going to play volleyball. I did it because I love competition. I love giving back. I love paying it forward. I love learning. And um, so now that, Sage will be gone in a year. I don't know. 
I really don't. I, I think that I'll be involved in this program for a very long time in some way, shape or form. And I still coach volleyball at FC Elite up in Appleton. I'm a director up there along with Amy Daly. Um, so I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> as long as there's challenges out there, I, I, I search them. Yeah, certainly time will tell with that, but it's great. Let's talk about that. So for, you said the FC Elite, you've been coaching up there in Appleton. How many years have you been doing that longer than Howard's Grove or what's been going yeah, on up there? I've been involved in club uh, roughly 20 years, roughly at different, in different areas. Started out locally in my little area here with some, a group out of Lakeland College. Uh, went to FC Elite for a while, um, then left, went to another club and then came back in the last five years at FC Elite and then took over directorship there. Um, I love it because FC Elite really is the FC Elite is really a mirror of Howard's Grove. What I mean by that is, I mean there's we we have the somewhat the same culture. We have a lot of really really good people in our program at FC Elite. Some of the some of the best people. Um, I think great people make great coaches because um, their values match up, and uh, so it's like a big old family. Um, we we love being in the gym together. You can walk to one other person's court and communicate with them and ask them about certain things and. You know this. I mean, if we took 20 people and we took the best of every 20 people, you'd have a really good person because <laughs> we all have weaknesses. Um, and I, I, that's something that we do, I think, pretty good is making sure that we use the strengths of the people around us. Um, you know, that was another side story. You asked me before. One of the biggest strengths that I think is important is admittance of admittance of being wrong or needing to get better. We had a situation this year with our team that I wasn't extremely proud of. And I asked the athletes initially right away, we had a little meeting and I said, what would I have done if I did that? And within, within seconds, they said, coach, you would apologize. And I said, you're right, I would have. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to ask you this question, first of all, is when I do admit that I'm wrong, do you guys think that I'm weak? How do you view me? And right away, they said, no, it, it, it admits that you're human and that you want to get better and that you're stronger to admit their failure. So that's something that, I mean, I do on a regular basis. I mean, sometimes you learn more from people things not to do than what you should do. And I've learned that from some people in my life, like you're going to make mistakes. I mean, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying to get better. I mean, we got to play uncomfortable um, and coach uncomfortable. So that's just something that we were, I, I skipped before because it happened this year. Um, and I could use my culture and how I act. Like, I mean, I bet you, honestly, probably three or four times a year, I only go to my team like that was on me. I have to be better in that situation, whether it's how I acted, whether it's something I did, said, um, you know, it's just, it, it's just, it's so important. I mean, we're human. We, we are. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it just truly shows the strength to do that. And then just, it's, it's about character, you know, character, how, how, how you define yourself and just how you just a very important thing indeed. And uh, then with that being said, uh, you mentioned, because you said mentioned Howard's Grove and then FC Elite. Do a lot of girls who play for Howard's Grove, do they play for FC Elite as well? Or is there kind of connection there? There is. Um, the number is, is, it goes up and down. So we started our own satellite club for Howard's Grove through FC Elite. Um, we had it on my own. It was called... Um, Oh, I'm trying to think what it was for Howard's Grove, the, the initial start that we did, um, not tiny, there was something that we called, I can't remember, but now it's called the FC Elite Grovers. So the paperwork is done by FC Elite, but then we supply our own coaches and stuff like that. So I would bet you 50% of our program plays club in some way, shape or form. Um, they try to make FC Elite if they don't. 
and there's and we multiple sports and we have 260 kids in our school so we're a, we're a small school you know to see us compete against the teams with you know a thousand to fifteen hundred students and we're competing with them and um it's pretty cool because we're, we're a small school so we need people to play multiple sports it's good for them it's hand-eye coordination all those things so we give them an opportunity so if they do and want to play club volleyball and still play other sports they can so we do have a local opportunity for them yeah just to to reference what brett's talking about i mean this howard's grove girls volleyball team they played the schools kimberly appleton north kettle moraine lutheran west up here they played just oconomowoc just some massive schools kenosha st joseph edgewood so like the list goes on. They, they played some really big names and two, six, 260 kids. Valder's my alma mater, 295 right now. So I, I know what it's like, the small schools, but it just, it's still great to get, you said, around 50% to play FC Elite. Just, having, just playing the sport year-round or getting involved in other sports is just so valuable to high school athletes, I think. And it just, it just contributes also to the success as well. 100%. I mean, it, it, our schedule, actually, we've been fortunate enough in the current ranking throughout the state. I just don't, we look at the whole state ranking. Uh, DSHA, Oconomowoc, and Appleton North are one, two, and three. And we have played those teams a total of seven times, and we've won four. So we have beat Oconomowoc twice. They beat us once. DSHA was currently ranked once. Uh, one, we beat them twice. They beat us once. Um, and then Appleton North, um, uh, we've lost two in a close match. And, I mean, those schools are just so big and powerful. Uh, but it's a great opportunity. When, you know, people talked about the 500th win, I mean, again, our culture is live. We can schedule tournaments where you can – more than likely you're going to come out on top more times than you're not. And we look for tournaments that are going to challenge us. And going into the season, I thought we were going to probably be around that 12 loss mark ish because of the tournament schedule, getting in this, uh, into the joust, getting into the, uh, the Sussex Hamilton big tournament. I mean, there's just teams that are just they're really good programs at D one level. Um, and somehow we've been able to, to stay with them and compete with them, which is, which is pretty neat for the athletes. Yeah, even at the D2 level, I mean, Edgewood's number three, 22 and five record there. And then also Cal Moraine Lutheran is ranked 10th in D2. So just the list goes on with the competition this Howard's Grove team has faced. And they've they've handled it very well so far this year, which is great to see. And I I mean, we got two games, I believe two matches left before the postseason starts. And I guess you're looking forward to it. Um, I mean, we got, of course, take it a game at a time. There's no look at of course, the eyes eyes are always on the prize, but you just got to focus one game at a time. And you are you guys ready? We are honestly. The, so we we try some things differently. Um, I over coach, if you want to say that, during matches early in the season, where I'm trying to cause sometimes their stress because I want to make sure that when they get into a match, they've actually felt that stress before. And sometimes when they respect you, sometimes it's better coming from me because they don't want to let us down. Um, and they are, they're aware of this. Like we talk about this situation. I want them to feel uncomfortable. And now it started last night. It's less and less. It is starting to be athlete led instead of coach led practices are huddles are, um, court play is more, uh, athlete led than it's just coach led. Um, so it is done on purpose and it started last night. Last night was fun. I mean, we came out homecoming week and we were up 18 to one, um, and that's, that's like, that, in a sport that where errors matter, right? All you got to do is miss two serves and it's, you got two points or you hit a ball out of bounds. Uh, that means their focus was there, especially on homecoming week. So you, yes, to answer your question, we are, they're ready. Meaning that we are, we still have three weeks of good, good preparation. Um, and then I'm a strong believer from the very first playoff game to the last, we will get a lot better. Awesome. And yeah, well, best of luck to you guys. I mean, that's great to hear that 
when it's when stuff's starting to be player led. I mean, I, I played football. I, I know what it's like with like having, you know, players in the huddle and just having captains talk and stuff over. I mean, that's always great to see just players taking initiative for the team and doing the best, their best for the team as well. So yeah, best of luck to you guys. And Brett, you got anything else? No, I just, I appreciate this. Uh, Andrew, I, I just, it's awesome that you uh, reached out. Um, anything that we can do for these female athletes and in, in, anywhere in, in the volleyball and all the other sports, it's just great to get them out there. It would be, uh, I don't know what the rules and regulations are, but maybe to get some athletes on in the future or stuff like that. I just, I can't wait to hear more. I'll follow you guys. Um, I appreciate it very, very much for everything you guys gave me the opportunity to be here. Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. And at the end of the year, maybe we'll, we'll look into it. I mean, we would absolutely love to have some of the girls on to talk about this past season, which we'll certainly be in contact with you guys more come then. And uh, if you want, you want to shout yourself out, do you have Instagram or uh, anything like that? No, I don't have an Instagram or like no. that. I've, uh, I do, uh, we do have a Damrel three training business that we started um, for volleyball mechanical training, but that's our biomechanic training, but uh, people can reach me out for that. It's, it's, it's getting fuller by the moment, but uh, I do appreciate it. It's just awesome to be able to talk, uh, talk mindful work. I love it. it. Really is. And then for us, you guys know the drill Instagram, Jordan drew underscore sports crew. Insta or Facebook, Jordan Drew the Sports Crew, YouTube, Jordan Drew the Sports Crew, and then myself, it's at, it's Drew Skyberg, D R E W S K Y B E R G for Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, so we'll look into having you guys on. Hopefully, we'll see you guys again on the show because this this was a lot of fun, like you mentioned. And Jordan, I'll wish him, I'll wish you guys best of luck on his behalf as well. Come the end of the year, hopefully, you guys can bring it home. But yeah. Thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.